Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy, where are we? Tuesday, the 29th of November. Rapidly approaching the end of 2022. Still many things that could occur in the coming months. Month. Month. (laughs) Christmas is uh, right around the corner. wonder how many of you are going to fare for Christmas. Does Christmas carry the same weight for you? As a Christian, I can tell you, I do not believe that this is the time of year in which my Savior was born, so I'm not really hung up on the pagan holidays the church has erected for itself. That may upset some of you, and that's fine. Used to that. So speaking of upset, I had a few words for Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, tweet today, which was just so unnecessary. Yeah, I want to talk about the fog of war, right? And sometimes when we've been in battle and we've just gotten our butts handed to us over and over and over, and and it's just one battle after another, if you don't have people in your corner, excuse me, who are, who love you and respect your position and your calling enough to call you out of the fog of war, um, if you run your campaign, office, company, boardroom, bedroom, whatever, uh, with such um, a a disdain for accountability, it's time to check yourself. And if you're someone who works for someone in a position of authority, or whether you're a husband, a wife, uh, you know, child, again, boardroom, bedroom, uh, Congress, Senate, I would. Um, I would encourage you to come out from behind the shadows and in re- respect your position enough to actually take someone to task who is about to fall headlong over a cliff. Why am I going on about this? Because Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman in my state of Georgia, tweets today, so many people still wearing masks. I just want to ask you, if a pair of underwear really thick ones, high-quality cotton, can't protect you from a fart, then how will a mask protect you from COVID? Yes. Now, for some of you, you're like, why does, why does this matter? Well, it all matters. It all matters. And, and while I did say, if you're still hung up on President Trump's candor after all the years that we've been, you know, bickering and, oh, you know, clutching our pearls, and I wish he would quit tweeting. I wish he wouldn't say this. I wish he wouldn't meet with white nationalists, unbeknownst to him. You know, I I wish he wouldn't meet with anti-Semites. All of this, okay, all of that, all of the wishing that President Trump would be someone other than who he actually is, right? There there is a a sense of, hey, can, can we just... We know he is who he is, but can we just have a call to order and decency 
in respects to saying it just because you can, right? And and I know I have struggled with this myself, so I am certainly not casting stones from my glass house, believe you me. But my response to Marjorie was, so this is truly remarkable. While undeniably true, I can think of a few reasons this is wildly unnecessary from a U.S. congresswoman on any given day on either side of the aisle. Okay, so Marjorie has been in battle since the day she announced, and and primarily since the day she switched districts in the state of Georgia, which really uh, put her under fire, primarily from the establishment, uh, who still loathes her very existence, particularly in the United States Congress. So they have been no friend to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Excuse me. And Marjorie has fought battles that most of us will never have to contend with, right? You have no idea the level of lawfare she has endured, um, not to mention her own marriage uh, dissolution just recently. Um, You know, she's been uh, swatted like four nights in a row. You know, her life is consistently in danger. Um, she has allegedly, uh, had to make some deals with a few devils, uh, have it on relatively decent authority. Um, I have always offered a place of political refuge for Marjorie, um, as a minister, as a constituent, um, as a sister in Christ, um, and as a female who is in a position of leadership, and so when I my DMs blew up with why do you think she's doing this? Like what is what is that about? And and I'm this is going to be a lesson for all of us, right? So when you're in the fog of war, and and you've had your butt kicked in many different theaters, right? Of that war, it's very easy to lose sight of the little things that really do matter. And eloquence, your candor, your respect for your office, your respect for your position, your respect for what you believe to be is your calling. And and I'm going to roll this right over into your relationships as well, your marriages, right? Whether it's with your husband or wife, it's also in the role of parent, it's also in the role of child, right? We have forgotten our manners. We have forgotten etiquette. And I believe that etiquette matters. I am from the South. That is something that, you know, I've been known to make fun of because at times we will allow manners to um, subvert speaking truth to lies. And we will call that etiquette and we will call that love and we will do so um under the guise of politics well that's just politics and i for one do not subscribe to that so but i do think that you can call something for what it is without losing your cooth that was a real popular word in my family cooth right not to be uncouth not to be unseemly 
uh, just unnecessarily. You know, you've heard me say it in my Twitter spaces before. Just because, just because I could pass gas in the face of the queen, doesn't mean I should. Right? I mean, I've said that for years, and that and that came from a very dear friend of mine who's wildly successful um, as a developer, uh, a national developer, and it has an enormous amount of business acumen um, and 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 etiquette. Right, and while he's cutting your throat in business, he's doing so, and you're feeling kind of good about it because of his etiquette, right? And you've actually agreed to it. You've actually helped purchase the knife, right? Because you feel so good about his etiquette, his in his in his demeanor, right? And so, etiquette does matter because you can speak the truth to something, and and not have to do so while losing your cooth. And I believe that this is what happens. Um, decorum, decorum, that's the word I'm searching for. This, this, there, there's decorum that comes with being in a position of authority, right? And, and it doesn't have to be at the expense of reality and truth, does it? Again, you, you can call a spade a spade and, and do so with great eloquence. And I, I think there are many leaders, you know, in our, in our past and in our present who have been, who've been good at that, but, but they have been perhaps discounted because their decorum has now been translated into weakness. And I think it's because we've allowed decorum and lies to become intertwined. We have neglected the truth of a matter, of a nation, of a situation, of a family, of a community, of elections, of just open borders, of, you know, molesting our children in the name of uh, cultural norms and approval and affirmations that change with the wind, like passing gas. So we we have we have exchanged truth for lies and 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 we have abdicated our position of authority and we we have done so in the name of manners and being nice and can't we all get along and love is love right all those tropes that have landed us right here uh where we have a brand Balenciaga that is now under fire um Quite literally, people are burning their shoes and and other uh, other products of theirs um, across the globe to stand with our innocent children who have been sexualized by this brand, who other uh, Kim Kardashians of the world are not disavowing and ending their professional relationship with. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a we have we have allowed ourselves to get to where we are now as a culture. And, and I think we think we have to, we, I think we've done so in the name of, well, can't we all just get along, right? Just be nice, be loving, because we've perverted the definition of love. And so I want to encourage you today that if you are caught up in the battle, the fog of battle, right? Whether it's in your boardroom, your bedroom, your kitchen, uh, you know, in your classroom, whether you are a child to a parent, um, and you've just allowed 
all decorum to pass completely out the window. Um, no pun intended. I want to encourage you that it really, it really does matter. It matters. And I really, I'm, I want to bring someone on who I respect in this um, particular uh, subject in the coming uh, days, excuse me, I think I've got like some allergy stuff going on today, but I want to bring someone on to talk about the cultural, um, the cultural upside and then the cultural demise of a society that abandons manners and etiquette. When I date men and, and men take me out, there's always kind of this weird standoff, right? With, do I open her door? Do I open her car door? Do I help her pull her seat out? Do I reach for her hand? Do I, you know, just basic, do I compliment her on what she's wearing? You know, do I say anything about her looks? <laughs> uh, where's the line, right? I mean, if I've heard it once, I've heard it many times. And I'm like, well, let's get one thing cl- clear. Manners and etiquette matter to me. And, and they are the glue when a lot of other things are falling apart. And they really do help keep words, hard feelings, objections that can ultimately sting, wound, and leave a wake of destruction. If you're not considerate of your position and your authority in any given situation and just how beneficial your actual etiquette and your manners are. Because it stands as a, as a, you exercising and, and your decorum, right, in any given situation, reeks of respect for not only your position, but the other person. But we have really lost our way with that. And again, I am, I will put myself front and center on this, not Marjorie, but I'll put myself out here because it was a glaring reminder to, to me when I saw her tweet of just how ugly that is. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. And I, and I just feel as though her constituents, first of all, her position is already under fire as a United States Congresswoman, not only because of who she is, but because most of us carry such a disdain for any political figure at this point. We're so fed up with politicians and our Congress and our Senate, and we're tired of the direction of the country. And we're tired of the direction of the country now that many things are being revealed for like the past two decades Right. And so a lot of our um, grief and anger is falling upon, you know, this, this, we can't even celebrate a victory of, of retaking the House. Many Republicans are still sulking around the country. You bought the, the whole line, hook, line, and sinker from the left that's, and the GOP establishment that somehow we didn't have a victory. And the only reason they do that is because it really was, um, a a gold star next to President Trump's name. It's one of the main reasons why they will not allow you to celebrate, and they've convinced you that taking the House back wasn't a a victory, right? But that's because a, we, a lot of things have been revealed to us in the past few years 
where we realize just how many of these people are just pathological liars. And they're thieves and crooks and whores and traitors and treasonous. Uh, It's a mess. And so the last thing on earth we need right now is just kind of this disdain or lack of respect for your own position as a United States congressman or a woman or a United States senator, much less your constituency. That would have been my discussion with Marjorie Taylor Greene or anyone else in her position, for that matter, who thought it would be expedient to tweet something of that. Just somebody pop me a Schlitz or a Paps Blue Ribbon, uh, you know, Coors Light, whatever, Budweiser. I, I actually happen to like Bud Light, but in the blue aluminum cans, they get super ice cold. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so, someone just... Yeah, like the whole fart and sniff gang and scratch and laugh and recliners with, you know, I, I just have this vision of like some stringy haired chick that hasn't washed her hair in a while sitting in a recliner in a, in a trailer in like a trailer park somewhere in South Georgia or Metro Atlanta for that matter that, uh, you know, is watching game night or some who knows who hasn't washed her feet since her last Walmart shopping excursion and who's chewing her toenails. Yes, that happens. Sorry. You're welcome for the vision. See how defiling that is. It's just gross. Just because I can say it doesn't mean I should, but that's how I saw that tweet. And that's how I see many of you treat each other. Many people I minister to, I see that, I hear it. I see it in your marriages, particularly marriages, but I also see it in dating lives. And it's like, whatever you tolerate is is what you're going to end up with. For all of Dr. Phil's blustering brouhaha, um, you know, if it's one thing I took away from his show as a teenager, it was you teach people how to treat you. And I think we live in such a state of constant bombastic barbarianism at this point where we're so fed up with the manners and the etiquette of how we got here that we've just thrown the entire baby out with the bathwater. And I'm just telling you, it's not going to bode well for us because it never bodes well for anyone who elects to abandon etiquette and manners because they matter. There's something very elegant about a woman who knows who she is, knows who she is and whose she is. And from that position, she moves, moves and breathes and has her being and communicates and strategizes and executes um, from a position of strength and really humility. To live in, in the paradigm of manners requires humility. It requires self-respect. It requires respect of the others around you. And so, in closing, I would say that for those of you who messaged me about why is she doing this, again, I would remind you, when you're in the fog of war, you know, look at your own families, look at your own relationships, whether it's in your workplace or in your home life, and with your kids, particularly in your husbands and wives, you know, do you have any, is is there any sense of mystery left to you, to your fa- to to 
And when I say mystery, I'm not talking about playing games with people. I'm talking about you getting into your quiet place, into your closet and your prayer closet and dumping all of those cares, all of the battle scars and wounds and, and the tears and the frustration and the and the fear and the hatred that's trying to take hold of your heart. Getting into that, the frustration, right? The, the, the place where you feel like you have no autonomy left, your time, your thoughts, your feelings, everything is, is sucked dry by other people in your life, right? And that's a battleground. That's a big battleground where all decorum will go out the window because ultimately you lose respect for yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, and you lose respect for those around you who are just sucking you dry. And you end up right where I believe she is. So the fog of war makes you do all kinds of crazy things, think in all kinds of crazy ways, and everyone goes through it. And as a nation, we are absolutely going through that right now. And so whenever people ask me in a space last night, a young lady asked me, Monica, you know, give us some practical pointers on how to spiritually, you know, connect other than just doing the, the next right thing. And, and, you know, and she was speaking from the, from the standpoint of, of, um, people who are recovering addicts, right? Well, all of us on some level are recovering addicts because we put our faith and our hope and our trust, uh, just wildly so, that's my word of the day, wildly, um, into politicians, into our own structure, our infrastructure, our institutions as a nation, and we left them there. And we just abandoned, basically abdicated our responsibility to hold people accountable, to show up on Saturdays and take back our uh, completely establishment-controlled RNC. Now we're wondering why Mike Lindell doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell of becoming the uh, RNC chair. And that's why. Because that system is basically a, boy, you talk about a patriarchy monarchy. Uh, that that system is exactly what it is, but because we've allowed it to become that way. And now there's no way for you to actually infiltrate because the the doors have been locked to anyone on the outside, unless you're a really good actor. So, and even in that, good luck. Once you get in, you've got, you know, 99 other people to contend with across the country as the RNC goes, who makes decisions. These people make decisions about your life, about the electoral college, about electorates. I mean, about your presidential elections, these hundred people have a lot of power, and then you trickle it down into your state, uh, into your state GOPs, your district GOPs, your county GOP. I mean, it is it is a tangled web of complete and total bureaucracy, and there's a lockdown on that by the establishment. It's you know it's they're worse than a Masonic lodge whenever it comes to degrees of knowledge and information and you know who gets to ascend to the next highest rung on the ladder blah 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 it's all secret stuff secret handshakes you know secret secret butt patting and and secret donations and who's paid to play and I mean it's pretty gross once you see the inner workings of the belly of the beast so Mike Lindell should probably sit this one out God bless him. I think his heart's in the right place. But if you guys think Rona Romney is going to be dethroned, um, I would submit to you that is not going to happen. So, But that's how we got here, was through abdication. It was through losing respect for our own God-given sovereignty and authority. And through not recognizing that we are the government. We the people are the government. 
There's no government versus us. We are the government, right? And so when you ask me, Monica, how do I overcome the addiction of relying upon politicians and our institutions? Well, I mean, you know, I'm always going to point you right back to the word. Because without fellowshipping with the author and the manufacturer of our freedom of us as created human beings, um, you're going to consistently look back to the arm of man to save the day. Because we were created and designed to worship something, whether that's ourselves, a pet rock, you know, clothing, sex, gambling, politics, institutional depravity, all of it. We were created to worship something. So the word says the measure of faith, not a measure. The measure of faith was given to every man. So we are left without excuse and knowing you can look up in the sky. You can look under a microscope. You can look at an airplane flying through the air. You can look at a, a child, a child, a fetus and an egg and sperm. You can look at a womb. You can look at a, a, a newborn child and we are without excuse. Look at the trees, the oceans. We're so focused on the depravity of man that and we neglect and deny and completely reject the fact that we do have a creator who knows us and knows us well, who is yearning for us to run into his shelter through his word and find reprieve to find rest for our weary souls. And so until we make first things first and do the, the next right thing, by surrendering and submitting in total and complete humility as to who we are in relation to who he is and to who we are to one another and that we are here to serve him and to serve one another in truth and conviction, not concession and lies and abdication, but we can do so with manners and decorum. Until we do that, I think we're still going to remain on the fast track to our complete and total destruction. And that's really where we're headed. So if you want to do the next right thing, I would encourage you to get into your word. Start with the book of John if you don't know where to start. I host a word study uh, once a week. We meet every Monday morning on WebEx. Uh, You're welcome to email me about that if you'd like to join us. Um, We have become a very close-knit group uh, that simply goes through the word and seeks him while he may be found. He shows us great and wondrous things and things that give us hope and give us joy, give us fellowship with one another and with him. And we carry that back out into our own mirrors, our families, our communities, our constituencies. And that's how we roll. And so you're welcome to join us. If that interests you, you're welcome to email me at monicamatthews at protonmail.com. And that is with two T's. Happy to hear from you. In the meantime, I'm going to encourage you again to inquire about hedging your savings, your life earnings, uh, your Roth IRAs, anything. If you have $50,000 or more that you need to protect, I would encourage you to check out MonicaProtectsWithGold.com. Again, as a hedge, this is not financial advice. I'm not suggesting that you're going to get rich, although you could, never know, whatever's going to happen with the dollar. And uh, Fiat's on its way out. We had Kim.com, if you're not familiar with who Kim is, look that up in a Google search. Interesting dude, 
lives in New Zealand, I believe might be waiting, awaiting extradition to the U.S. I don't know. Uh, brilliant dude, though. Brilliant guy. Um, he uh, used his voice and his influence, which is pretty big, especially in the financial world of Bitcoin, crypto, uh, things of that nature, uh, to draw attention to died suddenly when a lot of other people with his reach uh, would not touch it. But when he watched it, he was so convicted uh, and moved by what he saw, um, it really touched him uh, that he called for a space and discussed it uh, with his followers. And so I really appreciated the fact that he was willing to use his voice and his reach and his platform to discuss something he normally does not uh, get into other than, you know, following the FTX, Ukraine, COVID, uh, corruption connections. Um, I've, I've never heard him speak on politics. He usually stays very clear of that. Uh, but he did cover this, which I think has led him to uh, down some other uh, paths of uh, uncovering other corruption in connections, uh, ties that all relate to crypto, um, FTX rather, more specifically, um, as well as, you know, the reprobation of all things Ukraine, uh, money laundering. You know, you've got this kid over in the Bahamas right now who's completely insulated from likely any form of prosecution. And you've had people just completely lose their life savings. So whenever I tell you to hedge, you know, to, I suggest that you take a look at hedging with uh, metals. Uh, it's primarily because it's, you know, has a historical record of um, of not being the thing that is going to suck your account dry. Amen. So Monica protects with gold.com. Have a good night. Thanks for joining me. First things first, get with your creator, get with your manufacturer, learn what the first things are. Be amazed at how, how peaceful your life becomes. Amen. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.